you're with us. I give you my word. This is a battle we'll win. And with this vow, forever has now begun. This I promise you. Okay. Yeah! Okay. Is that in sync? So, it still applies. It still applies! It still Hi, everybody, and welcome to Rewind to SmackDown. I'm John Pollock alongside Wei Ting here in the uh, the frigid post office. The post office is in the, it's in the North Pole. We're combating the heat out there. Yeah. It's yeah. very hot out, but it's very cold in here. Well, basements are naturally colder. The post office yep. is located in a basement, yes. And, and we uh, live in Canada, so there's got to be something cold about us at all times. Oh, yeah, of course. Yeah, so anyway, uh, it's a little chilly. I asked you if you wanted a jacket before okay. we started recording. You declined. You're you're just showing off, aren't you? Yes, that's it, Way. Huh. Uh, I thought, this will really show Way. Yeah. He'll really be impressed with me. I am this. impressed. You know what I was impressed by? You oh, not, didn't we have a bet? Did we have a bet? No, I felt... Oh, it was the Christmas lights thing. Sorry. Oh, that, yeah, that, that was back long, in, a long time ago. Back in May. Yeah. What made you think of that? I thought that's what you were going to bring up. No. What really impresses me is that on Monday night, Way and I did our, our two shows, Rewind to Raw and The Double Shot. Mm-hmm. You and I posted about two and a half hours of content between those two shows. Uh-huh. And what was like 90% of the feedback I got today? Yogurt. <laughs> yogurt. It was just tweet after tweet about yogurt. Oh, yeah. It was like, we talked for two and a half hours. And that that was what really reached out and, and stuck with people. Mm-hmm. Are we doing this all wrong? Um, yeah, it really makes you wonder. Because it could save us a lot of time by just cutting out this wrestling stuff. Yeah. And we just talked for 10 minutes about yogurt. And everyone's happy. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it does make me wonder. Hmm. Um, I, I, I think people maybe just get a kick out of us uh, <laughs> um, talking about uh, things besides wrestling from time to time, maybe. Well, I have something besides wrestling to tell you about. This is kind oh. of frightening. Uh, okay. So I was having, I was having this uh, chicken for dinner. And I was pretty hungry. And I put this piece of chicken in my mouth and just swallowed it like completely. I barely chewed it. Wait, what was it? Like, what? how was the chicken cooked? Are we talking uh, fried chicken, rotisserie, nuggets? Uh, this was like, it was like a whole chicken that had been like cut into like slices. Okay. So it, it wasn't a giant piece, but it was like a piece of the piece. A, sli- I, a slice anyway. of chicken. I just swall. I just it went it went down. Like I wasn't purposely just not trying to chew this, and there was a bone. Oh, I panicked. Oh my god! And it just got dislodged in my throat. Holy shit! And I can still feel that. Like my throat kind of hurts. It's so still there. It's not there. You swallowed it. I. It went down. Yeah. But it, man, it really like ran the ropes on the way down. Were you with anybody? Like, was your wife yes. around? Yes, yes. I said, I just swallowed a bone. And my wife just <laughs> stared at me and was like, God, are you okay? <laughs> I was like, I hope so. Does your wife know the Heimlich Maneuver? <sighs> Probably. Do you know does. the Heimlich Maneuver? Uh, no, no. Okay, please learn it, and I will do the same. I can't do it to myself. I mean, you kind of can't. Actually, I, went, I did a course last summer about for preventive measures for for a child yeah. choking yeah um but yeah i was well after, i don't know what i would do in that situation and i'm i'm warning you in case my voice gives out which i feel my like my throat hurts so there's there could be a, how big was this bone uh it was enough that i still feel it five hours later 
And it's just swimming somewhere in, in your stomach right now. If I cough twice, it means panic. <laughs> do you know any preventive uh, measures? CPR? Yeah. Do you know how no, to do that? not really. That uh, could be our production video. Yeah. You should sure. have the video running for I this feel one. like this is kind of required um, knowledge for any any human being. Really. All podcasters should know. How to do the Heimlich yes. and CPR. Uh, I, I would say anybody around should know how to do it. Um, and, like, really, I, I didn't think twice about it until the story about Moro Ronaldo earlier this year where Frank Shamrock saved his life. Oh, that's right. Because of the Heimlich maneuver. And uh, anyway, but th- but that has me, like, worried because it could happen to anybody just, just doing something like eating. So I would love to learn it. If you want to enroll in a, in a CPR course, I'm down. <laughs> Barnaby just thinks like that's a YouTube click rather than something I would properly go about learning. <laughs> yeah, just like go on YouTube and figure it. Yeah. I've gone on YouTube now for 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 many things. Like, like change the game. Do you ever do you ever do you have any like videos you watch that are just like like I'll watch videos sometimes of like chiropractors like adjusting people's necks and backs. Uh no, you I've don't never, check that stuff out. Never done that. I watched. Because um, Paul Felder and BJ Penn posted this video of some chiropractor, and yeah. there were like these related videos, and I, I spent like 15 minutes watching these videos of people that just like would crack their backs and they'll like adjust their necks and stuff, and it's just crazy. Why? I don't know. It's like oh, uh, I don't know. Okay. I find it uh, fascinating and cringy as well. Huh? Yeah. No. I'll. Uh... I'll I'll save that to my watch list. So this is our experimental podcast. So we're gonna end it here, and we're gonna chat with you on the weekend, yeah. and that's it. Yeah, we we're doing this to see how much feedback we'll get about uh, neck cracking, neck videos. cracking, bones being swallowed, yeah. and uh, cold basements. Mm. Did you have any? This is a plus banter. It's great. How was your day? Uh, it was good. Um, uh, I actually. Uh, didn't go to a chiropractor, but uh, I went to a physiotherapist. Okay. Uh, just to kind of get a general assessment. There's really nothing wrong with me, but I just... I, uh, I actually have to go for a, a physio appointment at some time. Oh, yeah? yeah? For any particular issue? My back. What's wrong with your back? It's just always... Uh, that's why I watch these videos, because I'm envious. Oh, uh, no. Uh, no, I just have, like, back pain. Constant oh, back okay. pain way. Yeah, anyway, so this guy put me through like a... Like, <laughs> we, we are just so lame. <laughs> Talking about back pain now. This guy put me through like a test. Oh, did he do stuff to you? Yeah, or? he tested my mobility, um, flexibility. The Let s- me guess, his conclusion was that he thinks you should sign up and see him f- more frequently. No, actually. Oh, okay. He said, he said I was a per- perfectly pretty healthy person. And I'm here I am worried that I wasted his time. But no, he had an intern with him, so he said it was actually quite good to have somebody. What kind of like test me. did they put you through? Uh, again, just kind of really like he had they had names for it. Like you, they'll hold your arm like this, and then they'll tell you to resist, and then they'll do all that. Uh, I I did some like uh like squatting, okay. uh, uh some uh lunges, did some of those. Oh, okay. Some type of some hops, hopping. All that shit. They adjust anything on you? Did they? Well, there's, I guess, really nothing wrong with me. Anything painful? Um, nope. I'm, I'm in immaculate condition. I got my eyes checked out last week. I had to go to. It's been. I got LASIK they surgery had a dental done. appointment. No, uh, I'm, I'm going to tell this story. Oh, Everyone, really? you're at the edge <laughs> of your seat listening to this. Found out I have better vision in one eye than the other. Oh, yeah. Hey, it's not good. I'm actually curious because you had laser eye surgery. Has has it. Has it? Uh, have I've had zero changed? issues, like none. Yeah. My sight is very good. Okay. Um, I in high school, I had such a hard time reading the chalkboard, and I was in such denial that it was my eyesight. I just thought it was really small printing, and it was really difficult at a time. And then it became a par- a problem where, like, I would I could do everyday stuff and not have any kind of issue. But if I was driving. Like reading a street sign mm-hmm. would be very difficult, especially at night. I and actually have that issue now. Like I, I went through even most, with glasses. No, 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 without oh, glasses. Without. Like I went through most of my life not wearing glasses, and I feel like like we probably swapped. Like at about the time when you stopped wearing glasses was when I probably started wearing glasses. I think I've been wearing glasses for like. What is this show? What are we doing? I don't care. This is me <laughs> talking to you. 
Anyway, uh, so yeah, uh, but no, like now though, like if I don't wear my glasses, I've gotten used to my glasses so much that like I can't necessarily drive. You now. seriously so, wear glasses very well. Like they fit you very well. Well, oh well, thank you. Yeah, I'm hideous without them. Like so. I look like an idiot with glasses. It's the main reason ah. I spent all this money on laser eyes. I don't know if I have vanity. I don't even know if I've ever seen you with glasses. I had no idea that you would need glasses. I didn't wear lasers. them. I didn't need them for. Like regular everyday things. It was only when I had to, when when we were in university, I'd wear them during class to to read notes and stuff on the on if we if we needed that. Um, and that was it. And driving, that was the only time I wore glasses. And I wore them for it was like three years, and then I got laser eye surgery. Do you ever wear contacts, or did you ever wear contacts? Once, and it ended in the emergency room, and that was it. Wow. Yes, Do I you tell. We I, have plenty of time on this show. Well, I got fitted for contacts, and the person inserted them, and amazing you can suddenly see everything it's it's not until you actually have your sight improved that you realize what you're missing out on and i he had told me keep them in for six to eight hours and i left them in for 14 and got home it's when i was still living at home how did you leave them in for 14 i went out and i didn't come home until like three in the morning hours it was a long day, uh, I guess. So I come home, it's three in the morning, and I got to get these things out for the first time ever. And I just can't do it. I finally, by pure luck, got one of them out. It fell. The other one is not coming out. And I had to go upstairs like a putz and wake up my mom and say, I can't get this contact out of my eye. It's not coming out. And there's nothing she can do. You can't go to a person and say, get this contact out of my eye. So we have to go to the hospital, and I go in and explain. You went to the hospital for this? I had to go to the hospital for this. I couldn't get it out of my eye. I was like, I can't sleep with this. I got to get it out. And I have to explain to this person. They laughed at me. They laughed at me. Of course. Like, imagine if this this was uh, America. Where you, this they, would they'd send you, me right out that door. It cost you $20,000 to get I'm in this room. I get inspected. And then the doctor comes in. He doesn't tell me what he's going to do, if he's assessing me, what's happening. He said, just look up. And he <laughs> put his fingers uh, around my eye like I was Tetsuya Naito. And he pulled out pliers and just pulled it without warning me. Pliers. It, like a shit. little, like tiny pliers. And he pulled it out. Without even telling me that I'm going to be putting this object on your eyeball. Well, that's the way to do it. I guess it is the way to do it. Never again did I touch contacts oh after that. Oh, my God. So these contacts had slid un- into your eye? Like- they had, Yeah, they had moved. I guess I had just left it in way too long. And I've got such a sensitivity to touch my eyes. It's just me and contacts are not made for each other. Ooh. So I had my eyes checked out last week. Uh, eyesight is good in one. Uh, they're both good. My eyesight is very good. I could read that chart like a motherfucker. And, mm-hmm. But my vision in one is better than the other. And thus, uh, it's not that great because your, eye is constant, your eyes are constantly adjusting. And I wonder if this has something to... Like when I'm looking at people, they, mm-hmm. they explain like you might be trying to focus on them with one eye and not the other. And I've never noticed any problem. I just feel my eyesight is normal. But anyway... Hmm. That okay. was my finding last week, Way. Interesting. Wow. I'm learning so much about you that I, I don't think I would otherwise learn if not for this. These ten, what, what's the time at? Ten min- we're about four, 13 minutes in. <laughs> but this is how I, I get to know my, uh, about my friend John Pollock is these 13 minutes before we actually talk about wrestling. So I'm glad. Thank you. How do you feel with the G1 coming up? Are you ready for this? I'm ready. I'm more than ready. I just, uh, come on. Let's get it over with. The whole uh, 30 days. This year's on. daunting. This is, this is year. Last year, I th- I thought of not doing the G one shows. Yeah. Uh, you know, having a child, I was like, this is total game changer. I don't know when I'll have time to do this. Because Max was born right as the G one. You know what's amazing is that uh, Max will turn one year old in fifty one minutes. Oh, it's this today. It's it's Wednesday. Oh my God. Yes. Oh. Uh. Well, congratulations to you. And Daniela on yes. one year of being a parent. Yeah, one year ago I was in I was in the hospital uh, awaiting uh, for this birth, and it was four in the morning, and I got a text from Way saying, "Did you see Raw?" <laughs> <laughs> and I had not told Way what was happening. Yeah, what the at hell? At like, point, 
So I said, no, uh, missed Raw. Well, this guy was so secretive about everything. He didn't even tell me, like, you were in the hospital because your wife was in labor. I didn't want to... Yeah, I get it. Uh, I get it, of course, yeah. I, was, no, I don't blame let's you. Let's get through it, and yeah, then, exactly. then I would tell everybody. Exactly. So. So anyway, uh, where were we going? Yeah, last year, so part of me was stubborn. I was like, no, I've got to do this and, and prove to myself that I can do this even under... Uh, large life-changing circumstances wow. and, I, and I did it last year this year I just feel there's so much more uh, going on and thankfully I have you to help me I don't think I could do it solo this year well, not, not a chance well the baby is actually like moving around and you have to actually do stuff with it I cannot just... tell you how my my day is just cut up into it is just pure time management that yeah. is my whole day is just uh, just finding the time to, to watch all this stuff and I feel there's more than ever now yeah I think that's going to happen every single year. There's just mm-hmm. going to be more stuff. So that's this a, is going to be a challenge this really, next month. It's a choice. Wrestling or having children. That's, I think, a choice every wrestling fan has to make. No, I am a PSA that you can have it all, <laughs> folks. You can do it all. Damien Abraham knows what I'm talking about. He's in Boston. Oh, what for? He's on a family vacation. Oh, cool. I don't know if I should be sure. That's why he hasn't that, been returning my calls. That's okay. Just call. No. It's okay. No, he's going to take us to a taco place uh, when he comes back next Great. week. Yes, we're going to hang out. Smackdown. You ready? I am. Okay. We're going to go through SmackDown, and we're also going to preview Extreme Rules Mm -hmm. on this show. Manchester, New Hampshire was the site of this SmackDown, and we started off with Miz TV, who announced to this crowd, I have a microphone, so I'm going to be louder than you. Good line. It's not always true. Mm. Sometimes crowds can overpower a mic. Okay, whatever. I get it. It's a pretty dominant tool, the microphone. He plugs Miz and Mrs., which is coming out in two weeks' time. They have now aired, my exposure to the show is through the trailers that have aired, and there's an extended one now. I can't fathom you're going to watch this. I, even I have my limits, and I think my, my limits are... Uh, this looks so painful. I feel bad for Miz, because like, the man is always a heel, of course, and so he always has to promote his outside projects as a heel. So it's like every time he promotes something, whether it's the Marine or this, it's like in a sarcastic manner. <laughs> hey, everybody, I'm in the TV Go show. Go watch I'm my garbage movie, movie So like, this company laughs at me for doing. I mean, like, how does anybody have any hope of, of, of people wanting to watch his projects? Really? So that's coming up in two weeks, everybody. Going head-to-head with 205 Live. Yeah. He says he's going to win an Emmy for this show. It's the doctrine. Heels lie. Team Hell No comes out for the Miz TV segment, and they are milking this reunion. We've got a Team Hell No t-shirt just in time for Sunday. Boy, it sucks. You're not buying this uh, this mask with it's, arms coming out of it's, it? It's a photo of a cane mask with <laughs> Daniel Bryan's arms coming out of the ears. It's it's pretty awful. With my Photoshop uh, tutorial you gave me in the span of two minutes, I thought that maybe I could do this. I think, yeah, but- I, I, think I could get a uh, couple layers going and find two severed arms and place them next to a cane mask. Yeah, I mean, I, I just think it's hideous. But uh, yeah, somebody will buy it. He asks Brian to be a professional in the ring here for this segment as Brian makes a fist about punching Miz. Miz said that Team Hell No broke box office records. I'm not aware of these records. And they became tag champions as a team. And says it's like Justin Timberlake reuniting with NSYNC, which set up Kane stating, first thing, NSYNC will never reunite. JT is just too big of a star now. (laughs) I loved it. Yeah. I thought this was a great reference. Comedy Kane is great. Very dated reference, but one that I don't care. I got it. It was very, very amusing here. Yeah. I'm waiting for someone. Maybe Braden could pull this off. You remember when Kane debuted at uh, the Hell in a Cell match and Vince is yelling, that's gotta be Kane, to take that soundbite and mix it with, it's gonna be me? Mm. I think Braden's got uh, better things to do at yeah, this time. Especially musically, I don't think he'll stoop to that level, unfortunately. I think he needs to sell out and do something hmm. commercial for the, re- the wrestling nah, base. He's a very serious musician. He makes some like very top quality beats. What about his alter ego? Is he still doing well? Oh, you mean, um, oh, what is his alter ego's name? Oh, God, I can't remember it. Kane says that the Bludgeon Brothers are not Team Hell No. 
and they aired a video package that Miz had put together. And instead of going through all their highlights, went through all of the problems between the two, where we got the footage from 2014 of Kane murdering this man. Miz apologizes and blames Kerwin. Kerwin Silphies in the truck. Longtime oh. WWE producer going back to the 80s. Brian calls him on trying to stir the pot. And Brian says that Miz is terrible at everything. And the only thing he's worse at than stirring the pot is wrestling. Miz then cuts a promo on Team Hell No imploding. Brian's going to fall for it. He's telegraphing a heel turn. And he wants to end Brian's career. And instead of Brian fighting him like a man, he's hiding behind this cheap nostalgia act. And he calls Kane a broken down demon. This upsets Kane, who goes for a choke slam. But then the Bludgeon Brothers come out, who are interrupted by Sanity. And they all attack Team Hell No until the New Day runs in to make the save. And wouldn't you know it, that the numbers would evenly match up. That there would be five baby faces and five heels. And... Paige in this run is much less a general manager and more of just an accountant. She is able to assess the numerical difference between the two sides that are factions and then putting matches together. And she did it twice on this show. She couldn't help herself. Five, five, wait a minute, that equals ten. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I thought they did a good job here rekindling that Brian Miz feud, always kind of keeping it in the forefront of your uh, um, uh, attention. Um, you know, I feel like they've really yet to achieve the level of realism that I think we saw in this feud after that Talking Smack segment. Hopefully, they can get back to the level in the weeks after Extreme Rules with some more scathing material in their promos. Nakamura was walking backstage, and it was a little thing, but he was wearing Jeff Hardy's armbands and then removed them in disgust. Mm. Like, what an awful idea these things are. <laughs> And that took us to AJ Styles, Shinsuke Nakamura, non-title match, with Rusev and Aiden English coming out, and English sang, it led to Styles being distracted, and Nakamura jumped him. And we got Rusev on commentary. Yes. I thought he was pretty entertaining. He really kind of had my attention mainly outside of the match. He was pretty dominant. I don't know if you caught the one or two or 55 references, but this was a WrestleMania rematch. I caught it. Yeah. Tom Phillips made sure we were all aware of this. Mm-hmm. It's like I, it's like I'm get, uh, getting a free $55 show. Rusev mentioned he has already contacted his mother and told her that he has won the title, so she does not have to worry. Just some positive reassurance. Styles went for a phenomenal forearm. It was knocked. Uh, he was blocked and knocked to the floor. Nakamura hit this axe kick, a gourd buster, teased the Kinshasa, but Styles sidestepped that. Rusev says he has drilled four escapes for the calf crusher. His legs are too big, his quads are too big, and stated that in studying AJ, he is like an open book for me, and I go to the library a lot. So flying forearm to the floor, English got into the face of AJ, he blasted him, and Rusev was disgusted. He asked, is this really necessary? And kept referring to Shin. Nakamura then attacked, missed a Kinshasa on the floor, taking out Aiden English, who was dead, and then Rusev pulled AJ off the apron to stop the phenomenal forearm, and we got a disqualification. Rusev is holding AJ in place for the Kinshasa when Jeff Hardy runs out. Two versus two. Paige comes out, and Teddy Long this segment. Mm-hmm. I mean, the match I thought was just... Uh... Just okay. Uh, I don't think anything that was meant to grab your attention too much because you had a match coming on after this. It was also just, uh, to me, a backdrop for Rusa being on commentary. This was their G1 primer. Mm. Yeah, I don't know. So we get a tag match from there. Rusev was in control of AJ for a long time, and wouldn't you know it, right as this Extreme Rules uh, ad aired on the split screen, Strategic Bear Hug was applied by Rusev to AJ. And then the Promo ended, and AJ escaped. It's weird how that happens. It's crazy. Jeff's still doing the delete chant, hit a whisper in the wind. Shin made the save. And then uh, Machka kick sent AJ off the apron. He missed a kick to Hardy, who hit the twist of fate, climbed to the top. Nakamura crotched him. Machka kick to Hardy, and Rusev pinned him. 519, giving Rusev a win going into Extreme Rules. Mm-hmm. And AJ and Rusev feels like it's a match. And Jeff Hardy and Shinsuke Nakamura also feels like a match. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think that's sort of the theme that we're about to see with Extreme Rules. None of the matches are really mm, seem all that um, consequential at all. Uh, but that said, I mean, you know, the mat this match was very basic, nothing special, but solid, logical booking. Nakamura looks uh, relatively strong, costing Jeff Hardy the match, and Rusev gets to have a pin ahead of his title match on Sunday. It, it was fine. Do you sense um, any kind of a of an over reaction for Rusev on Sunday that he's going to be treated any differently or do you just feel he's going to be this regular kind of reaction that Rusev has just kind of settled into some people I think people will chant Rusev day um I mean obviously but I I just I don't see anybody buying that he'll win the title James Ellsworth is doing push-ups very poorly along with sit-ups when Carmella entered backstage and says that he better take care of Asuka and he winked at her and she threatened to beat him just like she will Asuka. Uh-huh. Asuka, James Ellsworth. Lumberjack match. We had Lana, the Iconics, Sonya Deville, Mandy Rose, Naomi, and Becky Lynch, which they were introduced as the entire women's division on SmackDown. Are they not? Just Who's, who's just, missing? This seems more like um, a softball team that needs a few extras to fill out a team. Hmm. Carmella comes out. I guess she was technically a lumberjack. No, bit of a conflict of interest, though. Commentary was. Oh, okay. So she was above the lumberjack. I think I don't even know. James Ellsworth takes off his shirt and says, "I know this might be tempting, but show some restraint." He tells all the women, and uh, none of them are ready for Oscar. Is his shirt that? I wonder if they're selling now. This was. uh, I wonder if they're selling. His shirt is. uh, Nobody's ready for Ellsworth. That's what it says. Ellsworth begs off, hip attack. It seemed like Asuka was working very light here with James Ellsworth. Like, it didn't seem like she was really trying to lay in any of her stuff. It just looked very loose, a lot of the offense here. Uh, So Ellsworth is on the floor, and he starts crawling away, and all the women start brawling with one another. He is caught by Becky, lifted back with Naomi, and then Asuka hits a high cross to all the women on the floor. Ellsworth is the only one left standing. Carmella hands him a spray can, and Asuka stops him with a spin kick, knocks him into Carmella, sending her off the apron, and applies the Asuka lock to win at 319. Asuka then fights off Carmella, and she turns around, and Ellsworth sprays her in the eyes as Carmella beats down Asuka. And Byron Saxton ended this segment by stating, that might have been the worst wrestling match I've ever seen. Hmm. Wow. I I wonder if that was someone's voice from the back or Byron editorializing. Mm, could be was this really the worst match that he's ever seen in his life well it wasn't good uh, this this match I thought it was quite messy uh, there's one point where Asuka did that dive to the floor and I wasn't really sure who she was aiming at because I couldn't even see Ellsworth there like she completely he was it. the one standing after the spot yeah, she, 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 missed it. It. she hit all the other people yeah so, I mean, coming out of this feud, I mean, they, they have managed to drag this out another month, but I feel even with uh, Ellsworth, this Carmella run really hasn't clicked at all. Uh, I think Asuka, right coming out of this, doesn't look all that threatening. I don't really expect her to win the belt. I guess she could always. She could win. She feels very cold. Yeah, but they could. she could win. She she could face Becky or, or it could be something else, but... Think of Becky in this role. I think this, this program would have got over much more with they've Becky. Already, they've already done it, though. Carmella. I mean, I guess they'll do it again. I just think it would have been a much more... It would have worked a lot better than this, because Asuka and James Ellsworth have zero chemistry. Yeah, I I don't think Asuka looks all that threatening coming out of this, nor do I feel that much desire to even want to see her win. You know? I'm not necessarily cheering for her. Uh, And Becky, who I feel like they've been putting a lot of attention on in previous weeks, didn't feel at all special on, on this show. Recap of the opening segment. Team Hell knows with the New Day... And they need to figure a way to beat Sanity and the Bludgeon Brothers. Brian says they can chop them down and go after their knees. Kane suggests lighting them on fire, which leads to Brian and Kane arguing, going back and forth with yes, no. And Biggie tells them to stop, gives a big motivational speech. And then Kane quotes lyrics from This I Promise You yeah. by NSYNC, which Brian called him on. Yeah. Kane, I love. I think he I think he was great here. And Brian this is my my assessment of Brian. He's Kurt Angle during the invasion. He's great at this stuff. He's super entertaining. I just feel he's outgrown it. 
Yeah, I like Kane a lot here. I'm really enjoying him as a comedy character. I think he and he and Brian have. Would like, you vote for him, based on this? Not based on this. Um, would he be playing? His opponent is very upset about this. That he's out there wrestling when, of course, elections coming up. If you're his opponent, though, and you're trying to bring this up as a negative, wouldn't you be encouraging this? Like, this guy is out there. He isn't that going to hurt him? Um. Well, you should. He's he's going to publicly condemn any anything that he could to gain an advantage. I wonder. I wonder if Kane worries about how this would affect his chances of of uh, winning. I. This guy has a commercial in front of two million people every week. Exactly. I think Knox it'll... County looks. This guy, he's the celebrity. I think he's going to win. Yeah, that's how you win uh, elections. I'm not a case. fan of this kind of uh, uh, you know political leaders that are. It's just a celebrity contest. But hey, I think I think he'll do fine. I, I think we should maybe dedicate. Maybe that's going to be you keep doing total bellas, and I'm going to cover Knox County's you know uh, political scene. Sure. Week by week, we'll go through updates. Okay. Talk about, you know, maybe um, programs, initiatives that Glenn Jacobs is backing, um, speeches that he's doing locally. Hmm. We will have the official Knox County political coverage. What a life that man's had. It's been incredible. Mm-hmm. Think of that character. 21 years he's had that character. Amazing. Yeah. Then we go backstage. Carmela is with Ellsworth, and they're laughing about Asuka. Paige enters. Ellsworth says his stock with women has risen even higher than the WWE's stock. <laughs> Listen, I am the first one that knocks some of the, the comedy, and especially on Raw Monday night, some of the writing was poor. I thought there was some very funny stuff on this show. Like, comedy-wise, th- that is not the WWE's forte. I thought there was, like, some really clever lines on this show. Sure. Why? Well, you, you, you're disagreeing with no, me, I'm saying you? I'm saying it was funny. I'm not, I'm not. I'm not. I'm not gonna necessarily say this was a hilarious show. One of the best comedy shows. I'm not. On I'm TV. not saying that this was the greatest comedy of ever. But there were some good lines in here. I okay. think some credit is due when yes. when there is some stuff that I find genuinely funny. Sure. He offers a kiss to Paige, who rejects him, and announces that James Ellsworth will be hung in a shark cage above the ring at Extreme Rules, and he has this frightened look on his face because. Anyone in his position in the WWE has to be afraid of heights. Yeah. Maybe Kevin Owens and him are going to meet at the pay-per-view and bond over their fear of heights. Mm. Yeah, the shark cage thing, I think, is a stipulation we all expected. Uh, it makes sense. Add something to the match. I thought they'd save that for Bailey and Sasha next month and see if both could jump over it. <laughs> Not as funny yeah, as no, uh, some great. of the lines on SmackDown. No, that was good. All right, then we're going to go to, uh, if the Lumberjack match was uh, the worst match of all time, then by that um, by that metric that Byron is grading this on, the next match was the greatest match of all time. 18 stars, Sin Cara versus Andrade Cien Almas. Did you enjoy this as much as I did? Uh, yeah. I really like this. Yeah. In the context of SmackDown, sure, this was the best match. Was it... Uh... I mean, I don't even think it was probably better than some of what uh, we would see on 205 Live later. No, but this over this over delivered for me. Okay. Yes. I it, thought this it, was it, a really, it, it, this it, was a fun five minute match on TV. Yeah. Nothing to go I crazy agree. about. They aired the promo from last month when Sinkara informed Dasha that Andrade was like a brother to him. Mm-hmm. Finally, brother versus brother. And then we had the uh, the confrontation with uh, with Savio's daughter. Match began. Quebrada was delivered by Sincara, and then a second one. Sincara did this head scissors into a destroyer for a two count. Spinning back elbow was landed by Almas, who went for the hammerlock DDT. Was countered with a small package. Then he goes for a monkey flip, and Sincara dumps him over to the floor, and then flies over the top into a head scissors on the floor. Double foot stomp off the top to the floor by. Andrade with Sincara hanging onto the rope and then the double knees into the corner and Almas wins as they state that Almas has beaten his former friend. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I thought a really fun TV match. I thought a pretty good match. Uh, they they definitely managed to get this crowd. Good first, uh, I guess, major, uh, somewhat somewhat significant win for Andrade. Uh, I wonder how much more we'll see of Sincara after this. 
Yeah, he might not be seen for a while. Uh, Sanity promo, which was done very much in the style of a Bludgeon Brothers promo, which would make sense by the end of this segment. It's in the dark. They stated they're here to break the status quo, to turn happiness into havoc, and they're not here for nostalgia. Team Hell, Team Hell knows time in the sun is over. And then the Bludgeon Brothers enter the scene and announce, let the bludgeoning begin. Mm-hmm. And this was kind of a strange, like in the Bludgeon Brothers, like backdrop in in the backstage area. This is kind of like the Bludgeon Brothers kind of taking these guys under their wing, like giving them their endorsement almost in this segment. Kind of. Like these are, the, this is like the, the dark characters of SmackDown uniting, the evil forces. Or they just know. They this was Hydra. Yeah. Or do they just have so many ways of shooting these dark room promos. Could be that as well. Samoa Joe was supposed to take on Ty Dillinger on this show, but they did an angle before SmackDown where Ty Dillinger was making his entrance and was attacked by Joe, and thus this match was pulled from the show. Okay. And no Samoa Joe at all on this show. And it looks mm-hmm. like he'll have no presence at the pay per view either, unless he does some running. Bludgeon Brothers and Sanity against Team Hell No and The New Day was our main event. Ten-man tag. They went almost 17 minutes. Started with a big brawl. And then they got the heat on Alexander Wolf for a time. And then Woods came in. And that's when they took over. Attacking his back. And he was in there forever. Eventually made the hot tag to Brian. Brian is attacking Eric Young. Woke the crowd up. He hit a flying clothesline, drop kicks Wolf and Dane off the apron, hit the running drop kick to Young, top rope Frankensteiner, goes for the yes lock, which Wolf breaks up, and then everyone was in for their spots. Kane choke slammed Wolf. Rowan big booted Kane. Woods then hit a missile drop kick to Rowan. Harper with the spinning side slam. And then Biggie launched Kofi over the top to Harper on the floor, set up Killian Dane for a spear through the rope, which was one of the more safer spears Kane, uh, Biggie did, just because of the size involved. And it didn't look like this man was going to land on his head. And then Brian hit the flying knee to Eric Young for the win at 16-41. What did you feel about the match? Fun match. You know, decent TV match. Um, I thought the teams were well made. Uh, The baby faces all seem to have, you know, similar types of uh, target audiences, I would say. More, this this would say, I would say this is more of a kid-friendly type of baby face team. And I thought the heels were almost uh, more of like a... Cartoon villains. Yeah, exactly. So... Uh, to me, there's nothing wrong with that. I think, you know, you should have wrestling feuds geared towards different audiences. Uh, and this month it goes to the kids. That's totally fine. But how, but ratings wise, maybe not so fine. Did you, did you see this show as a reactionary to last week's really bad number? Like you could argue maybe AJ and Nakamura being thrown on there. Could have been. I mean, the rest of the show just felt like this was a good show, but it didn't feel like a consequential show in any sense tonight. It, it didn't feel reactive to me that all that much because I didn't necessarily feel like the SmackDown was that great. Uh, it, maybe it's the fact that this pay-per-view doesn't feel like it's important at all and all the matches that they're building towards just simply don't feel that important. So um, it was fine, but I would say this episode of SmackDown was just really by the numbers. And um, again, I can't necessarily say there was all that wrong, that much wrong with it, but... Nothing that I felt really grabbed me. We're not done, though, because Brian and Kane came up to the top of the ramp, and Brian called upon Kane's fire. And twice he tried throwing his arms down, and nothing. And then he worked the crowd up, which they really weren't getting all that excited for this, despite Brian's best efforts. And on the third try, the arms go down. And there was just enough of a delay that it wasn't exactly timed perfectly, but the pyro went off. There was pyro way on a yeah. WWE broadcast. They brought it up for this occasion. Yes. It was from the, the gateway to hell. Did someone like accidentally load up pyro for this trip to New Hampshire and they figured, just use it? No, they explained that uh, Brian was able to summon oh. hellfire. Oh, okay. So this was, this was uh, self-made pyro for Brian. Mm-hmm. That's how the show ended. Uh, SmackDown. Yeah. You weren't into this show as much. Not really. Maybe some of it has to do with my level of energy, you know? Like, I think I enjoy wrestling best when I'm really energetic for it. Um, and sometimes I feel like uh, I, I should always be full of energy. 
uh, because I'm reviewing these shows. But nobody watching these shows is ever full of like energy all the time. So some weeks I'm not going to be as into it. <laughs> Sorry. Well, it was a uh, it was a show. That's the best way we can describe it. Um, Extreme Rules. It's coming up on Sunday. They have announced a lot of matches for this show. I believe they are at 10 now. Uh, so let us take a look at this card on Sunday. This feels like a pay-per-view that, uh, while I'm sure it's going to have its moments, I think you you hit the nail on the head that this feels like a very much a transitional show. And I think that that has been... We saw the SmackDown number last week, which, to recap, that was their lowest SmackDown number since the night of the U.S. election in 2016. Like, mm-hmm. a very low number. And then Monday's number for Raw, uh, unlike the pattern they had a few weeks ago for Seth Rollins and Dolph Ziggler, where they grew the third hour, this week, from start to finish, was awful viewership and a huge dip in the third hour, down to about 2.3 million viewers. And it was the last time they did this low a number. They were going up against a Donald Trump-Hillary Clinton debate that attracted 80 million people. Hmm. Uh, so television viewership has not been great. Um, and you can probably look at a number of factors, but I think that there is a, a general, I, I'd be even more surprised that Monday's number was down considering I'm sure a lot of people were tuning in thinking with all the Brock Lesnar stuff, uh, would it be addressed on the show? But it also came off of a really bad show the week prior. Maybe that shit angle really did turn off a lot of other people. Who that was were. it for them. They just said, screw this. It's really nice out. It's the summer. It kind of would be for me. Shit. Like, I, I really, it was so bad. So, uh, I, are, are you saying that these people are not going to be carving out five hours of their life this Sunday to follow extreme I, rules? I simply can't see it. Uh, this card just does not really inspire all that much. I really, I'm looking at the show. Like, let's go through it. Okay. Let's. Let's start at the bottom. They announced today for the kickoff show, the New Day against Sanity in a tables match. Tables? Why? On the kickoff? Because Sanity just debuted and you don't want to beat them. Oh, wait a minute. <laughs> they did beat Sanity. Like, why waste the stip? Whatever. The crowd will get into it because tables, I think, will be fun. Yeah, sure. Why not? Alexa Bliss against Nia Jax. Extreme rules match for the WWE Raw Women's Championship. I see Alexa retaining. I see a great angle with Ronda to set this up. Mm-hmm. And I guess the question coming out of this is where Nia uh, fits into SummerSlam plans. Right. Yeah. Uh, I My prediction is uh, uh, Alexa taking on Ronda for SummerSlam. So I, I don't necessarily feel like Nia needs to figure in to it. Um but I, I, I'm actually probably looking forward to that the most, to see Ronda Rousey's involvement in this match. She's become the highlight of the shows she's uh, a part of, and I'm yeah. sure that one's going to be carefully put together. Uh, okay, let's uh, let's continue here. Braun Strowman, Kevin Owens, steel cage match. Um, just kind of a keep-busy program for Braun Strowman, and I guess the question is, do they continue this? I've kind of gotten enough out of this program between these two, but... Um, I can see it's it's designed that Owens can get his cowardly victory by escaping. I actually like the way this has been built. I really do kind of see that happening because uh, Braun has had so much over Owens. Uh, I do see Kevin Owens somehow squeaking the victory uh, by by having the help of Braun's next opponent. Mm-hmm. Anyone you you see in that role? Hmm. I think it'll largely depend on who's available um, and what some of the results are on this show. Hard for me to say right now. Oh, the big one. Finn Balor versus Baron Corbin in a singles match. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I think I think Finn will work really hard. Uh, you know, there's a good, there's a chance this could turn out to be a surprisingly decent to good match. Mm. It's not a pairing that uh, gives me a lot of faith. It just, it's, it's, it's one a, of those pairings it, that you just have no... It's a, it's a raw match, um, and I I feel that way about most Spear and Corbin matches. I feel a lot about this pay per view as as that. Um, Jeff Hardy, Shinsuke Nakamura for the United States title. I would be fine if they uh, switched the title here. I think that Nakamura is. I I really hope that he is um, protected. Isn't the right word, but has a significant spot on SmackDown. And I think coming off the AJ program, that to lose here again. 
I think you're kind of diminishing what you have in something special here with Nakamura. And with Jeff Hardy, I don't know if him as champion really matters one way or the other, if he has the title or he's chasing for it. Yeah, I could see either result. I think this feud has really kind of yet to reach its potential because uh, of the unfortunate dog bite. So uh, we didn't really get any of those interesting promos or at least like bas- backstage segments or any type of like kind of creative, weird build up that I think we anticipated when these two were initially paired together. So I see them uh, having another month together. And whether that's via, you know, this match getting DQ'd or perhaps Nakamura winning and Jeff chasing, uh, I just see it continuing. Matt Hardy and Bray Wyatt versus the B team for the Raw tag titles. Just to turn off. Uh, higher or lower than five minutes? Mm, I'll go higher. Yeah, I think uh, Matt and Bray will retain. I do too. Bludgeon Brothers against Team Hell No. This is interesting. I think this could turn out to be a really good match. I think the audience is going to be very hot for this. Team Hell No is, God, one of the most pushed things on this show. Yeah. Like along with Ronda Rousey, mm-hmm. it's it's like the most pushed thing along with Reigns and Lashley. So I think that this is a featured match. And I think Brian uh, working with Harper and Rowan, I think this will be a fine match. And I guess it's we'll get a clearer idea of where they are going to slot Daniel Bryan for SummerSlam coming out of this. Yeah, I expect uh, you, you can expect the Miz somehow getting involved in something like this. Uh, but the match itself, I think, could be interesting too. Uh, I think it's, again, it's at least a feud that has very clear heels and very clear baby faces, almost to a cartoonish, cartoonish extent, but I think there's nothing wrong with that. I think the, the crowd will be really into it, and uh, yeah, it should be fun. And as they get through this pay-per-view cycle and start looking at SummerSlam, I think everyone is going to be hyper-focused on Daniel Bryan and, like, how do you, if this guy is has not signed yet, how do you handle him in this final month as you're dealing with that? And, yeah, it's going to be an interesting month, obviously, in August for, for Daniel Bryan, regardless of what he's doing at the end of that. Carmella Asuka, we've kind of discussed this, James Ellsworth, suspended above the ring in a shark cage. Yeah. uh, I I think it's really brutal to beat Asuka a second time, but she doesn't feel like anything at this moment. Uh, So you, to me, I I still see somebody like a Becky Lynch challenging for the title at SummerSlam, but you have both options that that I think are viable. You either do the Carmella Ellsworth versus Becky match, or you do Asuka versus Becky, which I think is more along the lines of a Charlotte versus um, um, Asuka, in in that it's it's a match that kind of feels a bit more serious and more caters toward your, your wrestling purist fans. Uh, I would love to see Asuka versus Becky. Mm. I have a feeling though Carmella retains here. And that could be the, the, the way out of this is that, you know, just this program hasn't lit the world on fire. Put the title on Asuka, give her a big opponent for SummerSlam, and it's just on to the next thing. But I've, I feel they're very much invested in Carmella as well. So, And you've got Charlotte back in the mix then for SummerSlam as well. So you have a yeah. lot of different uh, parts to play with. Dolph Ziggler, Seth Rollins, 30-minute Iron Man match for the Intercontinental title. I think the consensus pick for match of the night, um, unless something surprises on on this show, which it could, but high expectations for this one. Um, Certainly. I, I, I really like that idea, if I do say so myself, of the, ta- the tag scenario for SummerSlam. Yeah, with, I like if, it. If Ambrose is ready to come back. Yeah, if he's ready, cer- certainly. So I pick Ziggler to retain here. So then you don't defend the IC title? No. I think it'd be... I think it's fine to do the tag match for SummerSlam. I think it feels more important and... It's some, if, you're, if you're not putting Rollins in a, a big scenario, I, th- I think, you know, doing the reunion with Ambrose, it's it's something you could do. Mm-hmm. It's kind of a rehash of what they did a year ago, but um, different scenario with Ziggler and McIntyre. Yeah, I think the match will be good. Um, I think uh, I think Dolph retains. And what else left here? We have AJ Styles and Rusev for the WWE title. I think this is a a title defense, and hopefully Rusev has a really good outing. This is a big match for him, and I think a a solid outing will will keep him in that upper mid-card mix and and maybe something bigger down the road, but I doubt it. I don't think anyone is expecting a title change. I don't know if he'll he'll have another title shot again after this. And Roman Reigns, Bobby Lashley. Yeah, uh, 
You know, I feel like Monday was a healthy week for, for this feud. I feel like it's at a certain level now that, um, yeah, is it main event worthy? I still can't really say. To me, this match feels more like... Yeah, what goes on last? I think this match will. Yeah. I mean, but I, I mean, I, lo- I look at the match it, matchup itself. This card, like, if it's headlined by Roman Reigns versus Bobby Lashley, I, I, it really does not feel like a worthy main event in my and opinion. And think of, like, how long this show will be yeah. uh, going on last. Um if it's a short match, you know, they could, uh, it might work. You know, I think th- these two doing a a really fast paced ten minute match. Yeah. Um, I can really see Lashley winning this. I-, I think that it's it's someone fresh. You'll get a big reaction at the end because I think people will genuinely take it as a surprise. And Lashley needs this win a lot more than Roman Reigns. And then you have another top guy on Raw. So depends what your plans are for SummerSlam. You know, yeah, if you're planning on Roman getting that spot, I wouldn't be doing that. I I think that Lesnar and, and Lashley is something you can. There is a solid program there to to be built up and have Reigns in the background. He has to have something of substance. So, hmm. um, you know, you could always rely on the the multi man match. Though I think that's really been exhausted. Yeah, uh, especially on the Raw side. Mm-hmm. So that is Extreme Rules. I guess going in with um measured expectations is a nice way of. Of placing it. Yeah. What do we have coming up later this week, Wade? Well, we haven't gone through feedback yet. Oh, we have not. That is true. That is true. We got we to gotta hear the voices of the people out there. Why don't you start us off? All right. SmackDown, as rated by the cafe members of the Post Wrestling Forum, you all thought this edition of SmackDown was, out of 10, a 6.44. Whoa. Yeah. Okay. Well, that's higher than Raw was. Much better. It's, it passed. And this show had nothing close to... Rollins and McIntyre? Not in my opinion. So, But we'll see what you guys have to say. We got to Anthony who says, Average SmackDown Live. It was nice to see Daniel Bryan and the Daniel Bryan of TNA 2014, Eric Young, in the same <laughs> ring tonight. <laughs> that is good. In the same ring tonight. SmackDown was a fine show, but in terms of a go-home show, I felt Raw did a much better job promoting their main event as a big deal. Agreed. While SmackDown did their usual mandatory Theodore R-Long tag team holla holla play a tribute of excellence, which has become as stale as... No name sliced bread. Lastly, Sanity's shaky cam entrance is just terrible. Uh, my uh, my page is not loading here. If you can maybe just go. I'll go up to the next one. We go to Rob, who says SmackDown is a much easier show to watch than Raw. While I don't like my wrestling too funny, Daniel Bryan really has a handle on comedy in these backstage segments. The camera cuts had to stop with the Sanity entrance. While I found TV enjoyable this week, it still feels like a lull period. The pay-per-view looks longer and longer on paper, and I'm not looking forward to it nearly as much as the simple five matches per day I'll watch this weekend for the G1. Less is more sometimes. I know the WWE get paid for TV content, but they control their network. They don't need to have a B pay-per-view start at 3 Pacific, 6 Eastern in hot July. If they want to tout hours watch, they could have a three-hour show and repeat it to death. I'll have to fast-forward this show for sure due to length. Do you think WWE will ever subscribe to a less is more mentality, at least as the network goes? No, I don't think so. One of the one of the major um, metrics of success that the WWE network is, is hours streamed. So they will. They want these shows to be lengthy. They're not just doing it for the hell of it. Um, they they want to produce long shows, and, and that's that's clearly the the initiative. And their belief is that the audience is going to watch it. It's a metric that works right now, though. But I mean, with with all these technologies, uh, you, you know, we see it with podcasts where ne- download numbers don't necessarily mean everything. Everything now, like it all depends on what kind of important. At the time to advertisers. And right now it might be our stream, but maybe 10 years from now, five years from now, it could be completely different. It could be more more so how many programs are people watching? How engaged are they? You know? So I think it all, a, lot, a lot of it depends on measurement. I really hope someday they realize less is more. Uh, like right now, I feel like there's a real trend in like, uh, um, like, eh, I can't even really say it's a trend, but like I've seen more and more pe- people who, like, instead of releasing double albums, uh, Drake aside, um, they're releasing, like, short albums, like 30-minute, 40-minute albums. And to me, that's, like... The Weezer approach. Yeah, way more pal- palatable. Just give me, like, the... the Like, don't give me any filler. Just give me the good shit, because my attention is very low these days. You watch... Look at YouTube. The, the well, They always tell creators to keep your videos short, because... 
people have shit to do and nobody's going to stick around to watch a two-hour video. For some reason, when it comes to professional wrestling and TV, I mean, it's not that. But can that change in the future? I think so much of it depends on technology. Andrew from Cape Breton. SmackDown was much better than Raw, and Sin Cara versus Cien Almas might be the match of the week, unless the Cruiserweight title match tops it tonight. There is one thing bothering me that's off topic, so I'll ask it here. Should there be consequences for Jay White, Juice Robinson, or whoever put their match together during the G1 special? Clearly, Ross wasn't ready for what happened and asked not to do stuff around him. I love the match and love Juice's story, but it does feel like they were reckless and unprofessional. If they were told they could do what they wanted, should someone like Ghetto or anyone who told them to be held responsible and punished for doing something like that and failing to properly communicate what was happening? It just seems like New Japan in general was unprofessional, and I feel Jim Ross could sue New Japan for what happened. Interested in your thoughts. I don't expect any legal action to come out of this, though you certainly could have a case if you are Jim Ross and had no warning of this, that you suffered, you know, significant injuries to the point that uh, work commitments were affected by this. Um, you know, there he has uh, physical damages and financial damages uh, coming out of that, especially given the fact that, you know, he had allegedly told warn them ahead of time that not to to have people brawling around their area. I don't see that happening. I don't see there being anything beyond this. Um, but it is certainly something that I, I think uh, a non-wrestling person would look at this and definitely see that there was there was blame that can be placed. It, it, it does kind of like really does surprise me maybe how reckless... Um that those two might have been uh considering like in japan i feel like they take a lot more precaution to make sure nobody in the audience gets hurt um that people other than wrestlers don't really get hurt uh so what was different about this g1 show you know like the the, the setup was atrocious well is the, is the blame on them or is it the people who have set up those guardrails uh again blame can be cast multiple ways um like juice and jay like it was Juice was drilled directly at the announcers. Uh, I mean, and not even brought up in this. A lot of the focus is Jim Ross. That poor man who had the barricade drop on his knee. Yeah. That that looked extremely painful. Oh, he had more than just that throughout the course of the evening. Yeah, it's like it was just a real amateur setup that they had uh, for this show for a major league worldwide professional wrestling company. Well, for especially considering the style and and how much uh, guardrail work uh, th- this this crew tends to do, um, maybe yeah, imagine instead of Jim Ross, it was a fan that suffered those kinds of injuries. Yeah, uh, which easily it could have been, definitely with these barricades and and someone f- flying out of their seat uh, to the ground. Um, All right, we got a Matt from Melbourne. Not a bad show tonight, certainly much better than Raw. Could you see Daniel Bryan actually leaving WWE at the end of his contract in September for a Cody Rhodes type of run? He said last week he wants to work less dates per year. Absolutely, it's it's possible. I'm not anticipating he's going to be leaving. I think that the WWE will bend over backwards to uh, accommodate what he wants if it's less dates. Um, and you've also got to wonder, is, is Bryan interested in that now? Which one factor to to look at as well is the fact that the generation of guys he grew up with, a huge amount of them are now in the WWE locker room. Mm -hmm. It's, you know, there's a certain comfort level, I'm sure, of him being in that locker room with his friends that he's been with for years, that he likes being around, that he wants to be around. Um, There there is something to stability in in your work environment versus what would be a much bigger... Commitment going on to the independent scene when you're this much older, when you're a father, and you're not 25 anymore. Right. But, I mean, he'll have stability, you know? He'll have plenty of work. He'll have probably oh, more it, demand than he Yeah, that's he not the fulfill. issue, but it's just, it's that much more work. Certainly, yeah. Although like you're, you're the one handling all I of mean, this. but if you're Daniel Bryan, these offers are going to come your way, like, more more than you can really handle. So, he could, if... If he just wants to be creative, fulfilled, creatively fulfilled, he could take two two dates a month, one here, one here. You're gonna give me all this money. The rest of the time, I, I could stay home. That's arguably an easier lifestyle than him having to go on the road every single 
a week for multiple dates. So I I think Brian himself, I would have to imagine, you know, is still thinking about his options. Because to me, more so him more so than anybody, he seems to be a guy creatively fulfilled with professional wrestling. I don't necessarily feel like he's getting his creative fulfillment in this current run. Whereas, did, you, did you miss the final scene? <laughs> whereas I feel like the world outside of the WWE is just so incredible right now and so free uh, that it's almost perfectly suited for a, a man with his mind. So I, I have to imagine that he's very curious about what's out there. I'm sure it is. I think it's, it's certainly a possibility. I guess if you're just um, forcing me to pick, I, I lean towards him staying. But maybe he's going to surprise me. Brad from Halifax writes, I have a vacation day, so I stayed up late and watched SmackDown. This was a very average show with a few good matches sprinkled throughout. The main event being very good in the impromptu Teddy Long special tag team match in the middle made it very easy to watch or only being two hours makes such a difference. The only thing I really did not like was Sanity being made into scapegoats again. The other thing I noticed was how much better the tag division is on SmackDown and how much better that show that makes the show overall. Good tag team matches and different matchups make this show much more interesting. How come they can have so many good tag teams on SmackDown and seemingly then seemingly on Raw? Gives the show a 6 out of 10. It's interesting, though, like we see now several weeks in Sanity, their placement on, on the SmackDown roster isn't exactly main event level. I mean, they're kind of they're, job, they're job on guys. the kickoff. Yeah, pretty much. So uh, and I don't necessarily expect them to win that match against the New Day either. Uh, so, you know, they've been delayed and delayed before their debut. And I, I can only imagine that was due to them not knowing what to do with them. And now that they are have debuted, it's they still don't really know what to do with them. Yeah, I mean. Yes, in comparison to Raw, that really props up the SmackDown tag division. But when you assess this division, Team Hell No is a short-term fix. Uh, the you have the Bludgeon Brothers. You've introduced Sanity, which Wade just outlined some of you know kind of the shortcomings already. Um, the Usos, I think, have been vastly mishandled. Well, this there's year. your solution: move the Usos to Raw. They're they're they've kind of done everything they can on SmackDown. Move those guys to Raw so that they re, re, they can reinvigorate the division. Also, the Bar. Who are MIA. Mm -hmm. Yeah, they don't even have a role on SmackDown. And haven't been on TV for weeks and weeks now. Uh, my turn? All right, finally, we got a Mark from Vaughn. SmackDown is much more palatable to watch, even on nights when they don't light the world on fire. It felt like a ton had happened by the time I realized we were only 45 minutes into the show. Question, how would you go about setting the New Day members off on singles trajectories? Would you have a Grand Shield-like angle to break them up? Or maintain a loose affiliation. It'd be something different to have them always be unofficially aligned. They wouldn't have to dress alike or have the same shtick. Um, I kind of like them having the association, even if they were to send Big E off into a bit of a singles run, yeah. but not completely break them up. I don't think the audience would take to it very well. Um, if you lose, like, they're they're so interesting that, like, if you lose any single member of that group, the whole thing fails. You can't miss any element of those three. So, and if, if you're those guys, are you in a rush to end this this merchandise juggernaut? Exactly. If you're the WWE, are you in a rush to end that? Hell, no. That was one of the things that, so, that Hunter brought up when they broke up DX was that, you know, him turning heel, like, it's a financial hit to, you know, definitely. have a massive merchandise yeah. empire like you had. And, and you go heel and... Many heels talk about how their merch sales go down. Something like the New Day, I mean, I really feel like that could be a lifer gimmick for these guys. And yeah, you can still do singles programs, but like always, you know, uh, it's like you're stable now instead of necessarily a tag team. Uh, I see nothing wrong with that at all. And they are very stable as that unit. Yes, they are. Uh, that's going to wrap things up. Just before we end, uh, just want to quickly go over like the G1 stuff. We have our contest that... Uh, the deadline is Thursday night at midnight, postwrestling.com slash G1 to enter all of your picks. Midnight Eastern time. So uh, by the time you're listening to this, I would say less than 24 hours. Yes. A lot of people kicking themselves that they made their picks before the Tamatonga angle on Saturday, but such is life. Then the breaks. Uh, then Saturday, Way and I are going to be back Saturday night for our first of 19 G1 shows. Mm -hmm. uh, we are going to have shows uh, for our Patreon members at postwrestlingcafe.com Saturday and Sunday. Sunday will be uh, a double show day with Extreme Rules that night as well. And just quickly looking at the first two nights, Saturday will feature 
Hangman Page versus Bad Luck Fale, Evil Michael Elgin, Togi Makabe versus Yoshihashi, Hiroshi Tanahashi versus Minoru Suzuki, and Kazuchika Okada versus Jay White. And then Sunday is the B Block kicking off with Tomohiro Ishii versus Toru Yano, the tag partners, Juice Robinson versus Tamatanga, which all of a sudden is a much more intriguing match with Tamatanga, Hiroki Goto versus Sonata, Kota Ibushi versus Zack Sabre Jr., and Kenny Omega against Tetsuya Naito. Wow. And if all that sounds like gibberish to you, W.H. Park and myself will uh, have a G1 primer to... uh, These are shows uh, designed for people that are relatively new to New Japan Pro Wrestling, uh, and it will feature me asking W.H. a lot of questions about what exactly makes this G1 thing work, who are the participants involved, what are the storylines going into the show. So that'll be up on this free feed that you're listening into right now. So do uh, watch out for that tomorrow afternoon, Wednesday afternoon, that is. So you can go to postwrestling.com. We've got a new British wrestling experience coming out, new up next, as well as eggshells this Saturday with Paul Lazenby on the show. And if you sign up for Post Wrestling Cafe, you can go sip on the double shot. Friday. Then we've got Glow Review on Friday, two G1 shows this weekend. So right there. What a great value. And Extreme Rules on Sunday on the free feed as well. Yes. So tons and tons of content coming your way. We will chat with you many more times this week.